0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Friend Diagram. This is the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite media.
1: I'm Remy. I'm Kat. And today we will be discussing the 2023 film Perfect Days and the British television series Ghosts. Warning. Spoilers ahead. Hey, Kat. Hi, Remy. How are you today? I'm good. It's been four hours. Ever since we recorded. Yeah, we had a nice little rest, a nice little recuperation period. I was really, really sick with COVID for like a week and then just had to play catch up. So I hope that everyone's been enjoying our re-released episodes in Mm the interim. They've been really fun for me to (laughs) revisit and look back at how awful my editing skills were. (laughs)
0: Well, you're looking at how far you've come. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I feel very proud of myself, and I've definitely gotten a lot better. So (laughs) a lot of practice at anything will make you pretty good at one thing.
0: Yeah, I bet that's fun to see.
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so much movie news to catch up on. We're just going to have to hit the highlights, I think. Yeah um the oscar noms came out (laughs) since we last recorded like weeks ago and Mm. i would say overall pretty good really really good not bad not terribly exciting but or like not terribly unexpected but yeah pretty pleased overall i would say
1: yeah was there anything you were particularly surprised by
0: um, I mean, I was absolutely hooting and hollering at the moon when I saw Mark Ruffalo got a best <laughs> supporting actor nom for Four Things.
1: So that Even was a pleasant surprise. I love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was yeah. really excited yeah. about that. Um, uh, my major disappointment was that Taste of Things didn't get international film nom. Mm-hmm. And I want people to put more respect <laughs> on the Taste of Things.
1: You guys don't respect love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um but yeah i i'm glad that you know some other films obviously Oppenheimer's got the most noms mm-hmm. that was unsurprising but yeah. i was really pleased to see you know anatomy of a fall and zone of interest getting a lot of excitement too so that's always fun yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and so, gosh, that'll be coming up in an almost exactly a month now. Mm-hmm. So before then, we'll probably have the Frennies, the first. <laughs> the first annual Frennies. The first annual, the inaugural Frennies. <laughs> yes. Where I've made up my own categories, and you get to listen to my nominations and winners. I'm so excited. <laughs> so we that'll should, be fun.
1: <laughs> we should design a little trophy, trophy patch We should. Something.
0: We should. Uh, that's gonna be a fun time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I guess I'll probably fill out my letterboxed ballot too. Oh, I know yeah. we talked about that last year. Perhaps we can do that again as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that sounds yes. great. I'm excited so- for the Frennies. I've been waiting in anticipation.
0: <laughs> I know I've been waiting too. I'm just like, when am I gonna get to tell Cat all my jokes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah. And then we had the February Remy's Radar come out, so mm-hmm. there were lots of good little gems uh coming out this month, and Taste of Things was one of those, Yes, so that is in theaters this week, correct?
0: If you, yeah, it started on the 9th, so if you yeah. have a chance to see it, I just implore you to do it. You mm-hmm. will not be disappointed. I think I'm most excited for Drive Away Dolls. I think that's going to be really fun in March. That's on the March radar. Oh, is it
1: really? Oh, shoot. Oh, actually,
0: no. I think you're right. I think it's the 23rd of Feb. Okay. I'm mixing things
1: up. Sorry. it's okay. I I did make all of them in advance, so I (laughs) was like, maybe I did mess that up. (laughs) Did I release no, no. the wrong Remy's radar? I'm just getting really
0: stacked up on the final weekend of February, because mm-hmm. About Dry Grasses is coming to film at Lincoln Center, which oh. I'm really excited for. Mm-hmm. And Drive Away Dolls is coming. And they're re-releasing Tenant on IMAX for one week only. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> so That'll be an it's event. exciting time.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's awesome.
0: I never technically got to see it on the big screen. You and I <laughs> projected it illegally. <laughs> inside the medical school
1: <laughs> that's true that's and true so it was a
0: screening of sorts but <laughs> yeah
1: it wasn't too be shabby fun. that was fun
0: no it no, was really fun it, we had yeah. to
1: use the <laughs> we means the at our disposal yeah. yeah um what was i gonna say oh for the super bowl mm-hmm. i was watching the commercials because the commercials are the best part Mm -hmm. and I saw the trailer for twisters for the first time which was stellar I'm so excited I believe yeah I'm so Mm -hmm. excited about it and so excited um, I also saw a trailer for a movie that wasn't on my radar but it is the new film directed by Dev Patel and starring Dev Patel I was gonna tell you about that (laughs) what is that called Monkey Man! Monkey Man! That looks incredible, and it's produced by Jordan Peele. I know! So it's Do gotta you, did be- Did you hear good. the story about that? Um, no, I didn't.
0: Dev had a, um, a distribution plan with Netflix for it uh-huh. to go straight to Netflix, and then he showed it to Jordan Peele, and Jordan was like, Dev, this has to go into a theater. Like, oh you need God. to release this in theaters. I'll help you do it. And so now it's going to get a real
1: theatrical release. It looks incredible. I've never I'm seen so Dev Patel sexier and <laughs> sweatier. It's amazing. I'm so I excited. Love it. I've
0: been trying. I've been waiting to tell you about it. I'm, I, didn't they, the belt I didn't know did From a trailer. Oh, from a trailer alone. <laughs> incredible.
1: That he man. deserves it.
0: I know, I've been walking around the apartment just chanting, Monkey man, monkey man, (laughs) monkey man. (laughs) And Will comes in the room, he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I'm just like, the monkey man's coming.
1: I'm so excited. And it was so funny, because I was just telling Scott the other day, I was like, God, I can't wait for the next thing that Dev Patel does. And I didn't know anything about this. I hadn't, like, Googled it. But I was just thinking, I was just like, reminiscing on the green Knight and being like what a fantastic (gasps) film film. and then i was like ah newsroom loved him in newsroom (laughs) and then i was like i can't wait to see what he does next and he's gonna do some incredible shit so
0: (laughs) Uh, i'm so excited yeah and I also sent you the trailer for Long Legs.
1: Oh, my God. Which looks That looks, looks absolutely so terrifying. Good. It looks oh really good. Oh, my God. Good. It
0: looks so good. I cannot wait. Did the I roll see that out- Nick
1: Cage is on that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
0: The, like, advertising rollout that Neon has been doing for that has been flawless in that wow. they're really keeping a, a lot of things held back and the style of the posters mm-hmm. and the style of the trailer and the teasers has been
1: just spot on.
0: It's appealing. so unsettling.
1: The, yeah. the trailer design for that is incredible. I yeah. really like that.
0: Shout out Neon. Good work so far. Woo. Cannot wait. That's coming in July. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're calling at the moon already for all of these things.
1: July is stacked because that's when um, Twisters is Twisters, coming out. Twisters, baby. Yeah. yeah, what else do I have uh, on my July? So amazing. Yeah. We should game. rewatch Twisters right beforehand.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Just me and my boys. I
1: have a rowdy voice. Oh, man. We should have a Twisters watch party where we all we dress, all dress up, up as Twisters yes!
0: characters. <laughs> I get Phil Hoffman. Yeah, okay
1: okay I don't know who I'll be (laughs) oh I think I want to be um the maps guy rabbit yeah
0: oh no you want to be Todd Field Um, I think Todd Field does the maps
1: no Alan Ruck is maps is he he's rabbit Mm Hmm. Mm, okay then yeah Mm, yeah
0: you do love maps (laughs) I
1: I do love maps and I like making a plan (laughs) I I don't think I could navigate anywhere on a like an actual map though. Mm. I kind of grew up outside of that generation. I remember using them on road trips with my mom, a but, paper map, mm-hmm, but wow. barely, just mm-hmm. barely.
0: You love an organizational system at the I very do. least. I just
1: yeah. made new spreadsheets, all new spreadsheets.
0: Oh well, there you have it. Yeah, Alan Ruck would be proud. <laughs>
1: I can't wait. I know, man. Fucking movies, they rule. <laughs> it feels good to be back. I was I nervous know, that it? coming back to recording, I'd be all awkward and weird. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm not as awkward and weird as I thought I'd be. At least I know there's there's only room for excitement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we can jump into our picks for today if you want. Yeah, let's do it.
0: I debated between two films that I just saw this weekend and really, really loved. They could not have been more different. (laughs) The first film was the 2023 horror film When Evil Lurks, Mm. uh, which is like an Argentinian film. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it's the best horror film I've seen from last year. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely incredible, and you should definitely see it. If you get a chance.
1: Yeah, I need to get my pen out.
0: And then on the complete opposite spectrum, completely from that, I also saw Perfect Days in the theater because it finally came out to a a wide release here. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So my favorite pick of the week is the 2023 film Perfect Days, directed by Vim Benders. And it is co-written by Vim Benders and Takuma Takasaki. And this film stars Koji Yakashuko as our lead character Hirayama, and he's a mostly solitary man that is living in the outskirts of Tokyo and driving into the city every day to work. And so this film is a very intimate portrait of Hirayama as a character, because you follow him very closely throughout his daily routine. And you, as a viewer, just get to quietly observe his life as a mostly solitary person who loves music and reading, but also takes a lot of joy and pride in his work as a public toilet cleaner for the city of Tokyo. And something that's really interesting is that the film follows his daily routine And you get the details of his life basically from the moment when he wakes up to the moment he falls asleep. So Mm. you see him wake up every day to the sounds of his neighbor sweeping the street, and you watch him do his morning routine, brushing his teeth and watering his plants. He has a ton of plants that Mm. he cares for very tenderly.
1: I saw that in the trailer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he gets his can of coffee every day before he hits the road to set out for work. And in his van, he's always listening to his cassette tapes that he's had since the 70s and 80s. Mm. So he's always listening to tunes on the road. And then you watch him carefully tend to these public toilet structures that were designed by all these different celebrated architects. And You see his devotion to doing his job very well as a public service, and you can see that he takes a lot of pride and is very dedicated to his work. And then after you watch him go around to these different locations and these different public toilets that kind of look like a bunch of different art installations, they're really fascinating, um, but he's like tending to the same ones every day. So you see them many times As you're following his routine in a cyclic way. And then after his work finishes for the day, you see his after work routine, which a lot of the time is him cycling around on his bicycle (laughs) and going to the bathhouse and eating dinner. And then he always closes out the day reading books by lamplight. So he Mm. likes to read a lot of Faulkner and just a lot of, you know, classic lit. Yeah. And... He, a lot of the first act of the film, or at least I would say probably the first half of the film, has very, very little dialogue because Hirayama doesn't speak very much. Mm -hmm. A, because he's alone a lot of the time, but B, even when he is around people such as his co-worker or people in a public restaurant. He just is a very, very quiet and perhaps shy man. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't do a lot of talking. And, but I think despite that Koji Yakusho's performance is extremely nuanced and very rich. You have a really thorough understanding of the character just from the way like Koji moves his face, like the way he cycles through expressions, his body language, the way he lights up when he sees his favorite trees on his lunch break. I didn't even talk about his Aww. lunch break. He has a lunch break in this um, park area, I guess it has to be, mm-hmm. and he sits by these trees that he loves, and he takes a film photograph of the trees every day, Aww. and he likes looking at the way light filters through the leaves of trees and that's like one of his favorite things to study Mm -hmm. just as he's having his nice little quiet lunch and i just think koji did such an incredible job imbuing this person with depth and richness while not using dialogue as a crutch whatsoever and so I think that is, I mean, I assume that must be pretty challenging for an actor. And mm-hmm. the performance is uh, extremely, extremely well done. Because you, you feel like you gain such a, an extreme understanding of this character watching him mm-hmm. go about his life. And while that might not sound incredibly exciting on... At face value, it is just so engrossing. And I was never bored at any moment. I was just Mm -hmm. like enthralled watching this guy do his thing. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that is credit that should be given to Tony Froschelmer, who's the editor of the film. Like the pace never drags. You're Mm -hmm. always just fascinated by what you're looking at. And it's also just beautifully shot as well. And the DP was Franz Lustig. And so I think that the editing and the photography together just made it feel like you're swept away in the current of this man's life. And even though you're seeing the routine repeat, it's never boring because you're always looking at it with fresh eyes, with a fresh perspective. And... I think that also must have been quite challenging to pull off, but they did it very well. Hmm. So some major things that I loved about this film was that it gave me a really inspiring feeling that reminded me a lot of the film Happy People that I covered a few weeks ago, Hmm. the Werner Herzog documentary. And a lot of it has to do with watching someone very dedicated to their craft do their work very well mm-hmm. and the satisfaction that you get from seeing that. I had a, a lot of similar feelings watching Hirayama carry out his craft and yeah. have very clear dedication to his work.
1: The way you're talking about this too reminds me of the conversation you had about um, the taste of things. It, yeah, It reminds me a lot of like the way you talked about the structure of that and kind of there not being a ton of conflict, but just Mm -hmm. like being fascinated by watching these people live their lives and do their thing, you know? Absolutely.
0: I thought about The Taste of Things a lot Mm while I was watching Perfect Days as well. It's kind of like the perfect um, friend diagram between (laughs) (laughs) The Taste of Things and Happy People. It would be Perfect Days right there in the center. (laughs) (laughs) And I just – there's just something – it's so engrossing watching mm-hmm. that type of subject matter, for me at least. I uh, just absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, but I also just loved seeing this character. I should have said, it's set in present day, and it's really refreshing and fascinating just to be locked in on a character – who never uses a computer the entire time, wow. and I he talks on the phone maybe twice because he has to for work. Like he <laughs> doesn't have an iPhone, I don't think. Like he's never looking at a screen. Mm-hmm. He's reading his books at home. He doesn't have a TV, I don't think. You don't see it, and. He's biking around, reading books, listening to his tapes, looking at trees, doing lots of looking at trees, and taking his photographs. Mm-hmm. And he's just doing his thing, living in the physical world. And I found that very <laughs> aspirational. Yeah. I wish I was much more like Hirayama in that way. So that was a really refreshing portrait to see. Um I already said that... I really liked that he does, that there's like such little speaking for a large span of the film. I, something about that I just always really like. (laughs) And I think it's really cool because you definitely see him in his routine. Like you establish what his routine is through observation and that gives you a greater appreciation for his reactions when that routine is disrupted in Smaller, large ways. Mm-hmm. You you get a variety of things for him to react to, and because you have come to understand him so well, or you feel like you understand him so well, if those small disruptions, those disruptions reverberate emotionally uh, mm-hmm. at a much deeper level than they would for a character that you don't really understand so so well. Mm-hmm. And I especially like – I already said I really liked Koji Yakusha's performance for how nuanced it is, but I would say if I had to pick like a specific moment where I thought it was extraordinary, it would be any conversation he has with another person where he's talking about his job, and you can tell that that person feels bad for him or mm-hmm. – thinks poorly of the work that he does when clearly he sees it as something very important, but he also understands the way people look down on what he does mm-hmm. and the way that is conveyed by Koji's performance is really heartbreaking but also really incredible,
1: yeah,
0: um I mean, I also really liked how there's just great tunes, great cartoons, <laughs> and <laughs> And Hirayama's appreciation for physical media. I love that. His bookshelf. Oh my God, Kat, you Um, would die for his bookshelf. mm -hmm. It's so choice. It's incredible. I freaking love his apartment and or house. It's kind of like a split level apartment, I guess. It freaking rocks. He's got Mm -hmm. a whole plant room. He's got awesome bookshelves. He's got killer windows. Mm -hmm. I love his sleeping arrangement. And it's so quiet. I think he's in, he lives in like the outskirts of Tokyo and that's why he commutes in to work. Mm-hmm. So his neighborhood is super, super quiet and he leaves his windows open at night so you can hear like the sounds of the birds. And it just sounds so perfect and so peaceful. And, uh, yeah. that apartment, I love it. And I just want to be this guy like so bad. <laughs> And I was listening to um, an interview with Vim Benders on the Big Picture podcast that Sean Fennessy did, and Sean Fennessy had a point that I definitely thought of when I was watching the film, because it's like, I want to live like this guy so bad, it looks amazing, but is any version of this possible like whatsoever Mm -hmm. outside of... The specific ecosystem in Tokyo, like, could a person in the U.S. accomplish this? And I don't know if, like, we reached a conclusive answer in the interview, but mm. I, I just like appreciated that someone else had doubts that, like, are we so far gone that no one could actually apply this in the environment that we live in? Yeah, <laughs> and like Sean Fennessy shared that worry, so. I'm hoping that, at least in some ways, with the right resources and location, one could potentially migrate towards this lifestyle.
1: Yeah. Um, Like I'm picturing a movie of you, um, living your dream in Pennsylvania, like waking up in the morning, restoring furniture, like a nice little montage. (laughs) Yeah. Chilling on a little little for the wood fire with your big dog. And (laughs) I feel like, I feel like it's something that is achievable if we put ourselves in the right place. And I don't know. I'm picturing like farmers. I feel like mm-hmm. farmers could have this. I don't know. Not me. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I don't think I could do it <laughs> in
0: Manhattan. But one day, maybe I could. You get don't want to clean close. toilets in Manhattan. <laughs> you know they don't have public toilets here, as we learned from John Wilson. So
1: <sighs> that true. career
0: is off, off yeah. the table.
1: It would be like the train station. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah, there's like. One bathroom in the Amtrak station.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like, I can't get a full day's work out of one <laughs> one location. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's New York City. Yeah, but anyway, I think you'd really like this movie, Kat. I think I would, too. I Everything you're saying is like all of the cozy, relaxing vibes that I feel like I need right now. Because mm-hmm. it's still winter, and I hate it. And yeah, I'm feeling a little bit saddy, so yeah, this could definitely that be kinda... like
0: a refreshing two hours for you, yeah, for sure. That's and lovely. I, I also want to say I thought that ending was really fascinating. I won't say anything else about it, but as soon as I encounter another person who's seen this movie, <laughs> I'd love to talk about the ending. Awesome! So yeah, check out Perfect Days, please, especially you, Cap.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hope I, I. I'll keep an eye out and see if it comes to the AMC by us. Yeah. Soon. I did see it at the AMC Lincoln Square. Cool. But so yeah, it's, it's at probably a bunch of places, if it's in yeah. wide release, then it should be at our AMC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like I said, I have been in the mood for cozy media, which I mean I'm always in the mood for cozy media, <laughs> so it's not really a huge surprise. But I was trying to find something to watch recently and the ladies on Two Girls, One Ghost talk about ghosts occasionally. It just like comes up in passing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I should check that out. It's like pretty silly, goofy, and I might like it. I I don't know. I'll give it a chance. And I saw it on Paramount Plus, which is where the first two seasons are streaming right now. So I'll only be talking about those because I haven't seen the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. But I found myself just flying through it. The seasons are only seven episodes long, and the episodes are only, like, 20 to 25 minutes. And this is Ghost UK, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is Ghost UK. I haven't seen any of the U.S. version yet, Um, but one thing that drew me to it was I recognized Lolly Adafope. Yeah. um, (laughs) And she was one of my favorite Taskmaster contestants. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which series she was on. I want to say... Eight, four or oh. five? Oh, she yeah. could have an eight. Mm. Something single digits for sure. Yeah. No, I think I think she was on the series with Noel, which would have been four. Oh then yeah. I think yeah, I don't know.
0: And Charlotte Ritchie also. Yes. Was she in Taskmaster? Yeah, she was on Mike Wozniak's season.
1: <laughs> oh so that's why 11. she looked so familiar. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I just felt like she was familiar because she looks so much like Emma City. Um from Starstruck to me. Oh, interesting. They both just have like the same length, chocolate brown hair, and like kind of a similar facial structure. I was like, mm-hmm. that's that person. Yeah, you know, I've I from Castmaster to too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to go back to that season. Mike Wozniak just stole the show and I didn't I have know. room for anyone else <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> he, he blocked out everyone else. Uh huh. But yeah, I mean, it's got a killer cast and they have really great comedy in this show. I don't know. I love British comedy and it's there's like really great physical moments in the show, like physical comedy and I just eat up every moment of this show. I can't wait to rewatch it. So, for anyone who doesn't know the premise of the show, this show started running in 2019 and it was created by a bunch of people <laughs> but um, most of them are cast members. So oh, cool. most of the people who created the show are cast members. So you've got Simon Farnaby, who co-wrote Wonka, actually, if you've seen Wonka. Oh, um, with Paul King? Mm-hmm. Neat. So he's in it. Um, you've got Ben Wilbond, who plays the captain. You've got Wait, Matthew did you Bates. ever see Wonka? I haven't yet no oh,
0: okay but I my mom and my going aunt going love to. it
1: they oh, have seen sweet. it multiple times in the theater now which oh, i God. think is adorable <laughs> wonka heads. uh-huh yeah they absolutely love it um it's got matthew bainton in it who is like this poet character and then it's got jim Hawick in it who is the guy with the arrow through his neck that's
0: him okay
1: he's like i recognize iconic. him from like
0: <laughs> A bevy of UK mm-hmm. TV yeah. shows,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Like yeah, Sex I've never seen him.
0: and Luther, I want to say. Is yeah, I've, I've I haven't seen, seen either from. of
1: those. Um, that's right. But he's amazing. Pat is like my favorite character.
0: Oh, yeah? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. So I'm just going to give a spoiler warning for the pilot episode. So, I'll be spoiling the pilot episode, but I'll be trying really hard not to spoil anything after that. It's got a sitcom, though, so you can't really spoil much.
0: hmm And it's just the pilot.
1: Yeah. So, the main character, Allison, who is played by uh, Charlotte Ritchie, her and her husband inherit what is known as Button House. And it's inherited from a very, very distant relative that they've never met before – And they're basically told this house is going to just like sink money. You don't want to fix it. You kind of just want to sell it. And instead of selling it, they decide to move in and work on it to create a boutique hotel, which is like kind of the starting goal. And when they move in, they're unaware that the house is full of ghosts, and the ghosts are unaware that. The house is being moved into. So they're like, who are these new people? They're mm-hmm. not dressed fancy because it's like a fancy house. And when they find out that the house is going to be made into a hotel, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's going to be too many changes. We don't want that. And so they come up with a plan a la Beetlejuice to haunt oh, yeah. their, haunt their house. So Beetlejuice. <laughs> and um, get these people out. And so there's one guy, he can like make the lights flicker. And so he's making the lights flicker. And there's one guy he can like push really, really hard on a glass and like move it just a little <laughs> bit. And so they're trying their best and they cannot haunt these people out of their house. So one of the, the the guy that can push things, he ends up pushing Charlotte Ritchie out a window while she's like leaning out of it to check something. Mm -hmm. And she falls and goes into a coma and then they're like, okay, cool. These people aren't coming back, obviously, but they do come back. And when they come back, Charlotte Ritchie's character realizes that she can now see and hear all of the ghosts in the house and her husband can't. He thinks she's going crazy, Mm -hmm. Um, but eventually she proves that she's actually able to see these ghosts and – She kind of becomes a liaison and speaker for the ghosts Mm -hmm. and helps them (laughs) advocate for themselves in the redoing of the house. Um, and so she kind of has to balance this newfound ability to see and hear all of the ghosts in the house while she's trying to talk to contractors and ghosts are like talking to her. Mm -hmm. And so there it makes space for these really funny moments where she'll be like responding to a ghost and not realize that someone else is in the room and they just kind of look at her and she's like, I hit my head really hard. I was in a coma. Oh. Um, so yeah, I just think that the premise is one that is just ripe for comedy and it's just a perfect cast to execute it. And I didn't cover all of the ghosts in the house. So we've got Kitty, who's played by Lolly Adafope. Um, she's like this very cheery, childish ghost that like gets really excited and always wants to be involved in things and like wants to have a sleepover with the owner and is just like very, very kid-like and very sweet. There is Thomas, who is a poet. Um, and he is like, waxing poetic all the time and just very excessive. And he's also actively pining for Charlotte Ritchie's character and like wants her to leave her husband for him. (laughs) And he's very dramatic about it. And Mm -hmm. it's very goofy. Um, There's Julian, who is a Tory MP. I don't know what an MP is. I assume it's something to do with parliament. Mm -hmm. I don't. It doesn't matter enough to me. Um, but he doesn't have pants on because he died while he was doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there's Fanny Button, who is the matriarch. She's like the original owner oh, of the great. house. She's really interesting because she does like a residual haunting thing where she gets pushed out of a window every day at the same exact time oh. and like relives her death all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then. There's Pat, who's got the arrow through his neck from a Boy Scouting accident. Mm-hmm. Robin, who's a Neanderthal. He's quite possibly my favorite character. There's <laughs> a really good episode where he, she like puts on YouTube for him so that he can learn about the moon landing. But then YouTube mm-hmm. starts autoplaying conspiracy oh, no. theory videos about oh, the no. moon landing, uh-huh. and it's my favorite thing. It's wow. priceless. Um, And then there's the captain, who's a World War II officer, and Mary, who was in the witch trials, and if you walk through her, <laughs> smoke comes out of her, and it's very traumatic, and she can't talk about it yet.
0: Isn't that Katie Wicks, by the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Oh, awesome. What Another do I alumnus. know her from? From Taskmaster. <laughs> Man, what series was she in? I don't was, even know. I think she was in James Acaster's series.
1: Oh, you know what? I do remember her. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. She looks so different in this. She's so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a perfect cast. I love them all. And I love the husband. He's really funny because the ghosts really freak him out and he like Mm -hmm. can't see them. And he's Mm -hmm. like always like talking to the room. He's like, okay. I know you're in here and you need to get out. And then it like pans to them all down in the living room and no one's there. No one's around. (laughs) So good. But yeah, I mean, I think you can hear from how I talk about it that I absolutely adore this show. It made me feel so good. And any show that can do that is just a a joy to watch because, I don't know, there's just so many bad vibes out there sometimes. and. Mm -hmm. Anything that can dispel those is great. And yeah, I just think that it, there are such, there's such a variety of wholesome relationships that Allison, um, has with all of the different ghosts in the house. Like, one of my favorite episodes, um, is called Happy Death Day and Every year on Pat's death day, his family comes to the spot where he died to, like, mourn him. And he's never had the opportunity to, like, interact with them and, like, deal with anything. And so Allison, like, doesn't say anything about the fact that Pat's still there, but, like, goes and introduces herself to his family and gives him Mm -hmm. some closure and, like, introduces him to his grandchild. And it's really sad, but so heartwarming and sweet. Um, but then there's also, like, really light things where, like, the ghosts kind of get into a routine and every morning, first thing, the captain wants to, like, run as fast as he can and he wants the main character to, like, time him out the window <laughs> and he mm-hmm. wants to see if he can beat a certain distance in one minute and 30 seconds and he can't because he's dead and he can't, like, improve his speed because so he doesn't have real muscles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just very wholesome and sweet. It's got really good Christmas episodes. Like the Christmas Mm. specials are really heartwarming. But yeah, I think it's like a perfect mix of contemplating death and contemplating unfinished business with a ton of comedy. And so it just like mixes those two things really, really well um, in a way that kind of gets you thinking. But yeah, I think I, I covered all my notes. Oh, I do have a short list of my favorite episodes if people want to keep an eye out for them when they watch it. So, like I said, um, Happy Death Day is one of my favorites. It's Season 1, Episode 3. Season 2, Episode 3 is The Ghost of Christmas, and that one is the first Christmas special that they did. Season 2, episode 6 is Bump in the Night, and that's where burglars break in while the husband mm-hmm. is the only one home and the ghosts have to tell the husband that there are burglars. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to, like, figure out ways to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, season 2, episode 7 is Perfect Day, hey. where they have a wedding in the house. Oh, oh what an overlap. <laughs> Um, and then season two, episode four is Redding Weddy, which is the one with the moon landing video oh.
0: <laughs> compilation. So
1: <laughs> that's great. I loved it. Um, but it's just, it just makes me feel so light and happy. So mm-hmm. I think I'll be rewatching that for a really long time. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. How many seasons is it? It has five seasons. Five. And I don't know why Paramount Plus does not have those seasons. Uh, I cannot solve the mystery. So I will be purchasing the remaining seasons mm-hmm. on Amazon because they actually have them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, I like think otherwise
0: it's, you'd have to get acorn or something.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I should look into that. But yeah, I can't figure out where the other seasons are. Hmm. Give me. <laughs> <goats>. <laughs> Give me ghosts or give me death. <laughs> Tell us where they are. <laughs> but yeah, it's super good. I highly recommend it. Have you seen any of them? I've definitely seen the pilot. Okay.
0: I want to say I've maybe seen two episodes even. Okay. I've seen some amount of them somehow, somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's been a minute. Yeah. It's great. It's It's very silly goofy, but I just, I really loved it. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we already have our first overlap, which is that <laughs> there's an episode called Perfect Day. And yes. The movie's called Perfect Day. I wouldn't have even realized that if you hadn't <laughs> said something right then. <laughs> um, awesome. Another easy overlap. Feels good. <laughs> feels great. <laughs> feels amazing. <laughs> um, one thing that I thought of while you were talking, which I didn't bring up directly, um, but it's kind of in the nature of a sitcom, it's actually a contrast between the two. Is that you mentioned there being very, very little dialogue in mm-hmm. your film, while this has tons of dialogue. It's like overlapping people talking over one another oh, right. mm-hmm. because they're all ghosts and then there's like real people trying to talk. And so that kind of adds to the comedy. But I just thought that was really
0: mm-hmm.
1: interesting because it's like two extremes of the spectrum.
0: Yeah. I think. One thing I didn't get into in my description of Perfect Days, um, was Hirayama's relationships with the people around him. But when you talked about the wholesome relationship in ghosts, wholesome relationships in ghosts, it reminded me of, um, some of the big points in Perfect Days where Hirayama's niece comes to live with him for a while because she ran away from home, and then she gets introduced to his daily routine and shadows him at work and learns about how he lives his life and basically is like, I want to stay here forever, this rules. <laughs> and they have like a very nice, wholesome relationship, so that's very sweet and he has a very wholesome relationship with his coworker even when his coworker can be kind of obnoxious like mm-hmm. they they have a really nice relationship as well so i would count that as an overlap
1: yeah for sure yeah um kind of in a in a different way obviously but i suppose perfect day has this focus on the main character's daily routine mm-hmm. and there is a really nice intro sequence to one of the episodes. I think it might be season two, episode one where you're seeing them kind of all fall into a normal daily routine. So like mm-hmm. she wakes up, she times the guy. He's like, did I do it faster than one minute and 30 seconds? And she's like, no. And then she <laughs> like goes into the living room and um there are like books set up on music stands. And so she'll like turn a page for the people who want to sit and read the book. And so they're reading it like one page at a time.
0: Uh-huh. And then
1: she like goes and makes her breakfast, and Thomas comes and talks to her and tries to court her. And it's like a really nice, cute little daily routine that they clearly do every day. Mm-hmm. So I would say that kind of overtly showing a daily routine, at least a morning routine, is one of the overlaps.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Um, I don't know if I have any others. I don't have anything else either.
1: That was good. I thought it was going to be hard when you were talking, but I think we came up with some good ones. No, I think those are solid. Yeah. Yeah, I need to go back and watch all of the Taskmasters now. <laughs> yeah. All of the new people that I'll recognize this time around. <laughs> <sighs> Trying to think if there's anything, any other business. I don't think so. Yeah, just check out
0: Perfect Days by Vim Benders and check mm-hmm. out Ghosts UK if yeah. that strikes your fancy. Bye for now.